The Founder and Force Multiplier team is so excited to have launched our dynamic community filled with networking opportunities, exclusive events with distinguished guest speakers, access to our courses and on-demand training, and so much more. We are looking for a group of founding members to be our very own strategic partners and help us test out the site. In return, we are giving 50% off membership pricing and other lifetime perks. Linked in the show notes, you can get to our community and don't forget to use the promo code FOUNDINGMEMBER50. Today, we are super excited to host Vice President of Product at a global financial services firm, Randy Mills. Randy shares his non-conventional journey in life and how it shaped him, how his ability to recognize strategic partners helped him accelerate his career, and the impact force multipliers have had on his ability to be the leader he is today. His approach to leadership is admirable on all levels, and we thank him for making the time out to be on our show today. Thank you, Randy Mills, for joining our Founder and Force Multiplier podcast. We are so stoked to have you here, me in particular, because Randy and I did cross paths in our careers in the past. So I'm super excited for for us to bring all your expertise, uh, your amazing uh, wit, charm, leadership, and I know people are going to be left influenced and inspired after this conversation. To kick us off, I really want the audience to hear about your career journey. We too often in life sort of fall into these societal norms and what's, you know, we're supposed to do at a certain age and um, we get beat down and sort of define what success looks like through that. And I, I know that your journey took a little bit of a different path and you have found success and diversity in thought and you've been super transformational throughout your career. So I'm going to hand the baton to you to sort of share your inspiring story. Well, awesome. Well, thanks, Manal. And really appreciate you having me on here. And thanks for, uh, you know, I took us some time to get this on the schedule with all the travel, but really appreciate it and really happy for you with the new role too. So thank you. Uh, very excited for what you're bringing to this. Um, yeah. So a little bit about me, um, a little bit different, I would say, than, than most I've actually uh, ran into. Um, you know, earlier in my career, I actually ended up um, having a, a child when I was 20 years of age. And it's great because I'm still somewhat younger, even though he's in his early 20s right now. Um, but at that time, you know, I really had to focus on being able to work, right, and provide, you know, for, for my family. And so that has been a big part of me for my entire life is I realize that if you, if you work hard, um, you know, it is about that grit. It's not just about working smart. Sometimes it's about the grit too, right? You got to go through tough scenarios, tough situations to find a path forward. Um, it just makes you a better person. And so I actually started off in like a commercial sales, you know, business development type environment. I uh, did that for about a good 10, 11 years. And then later in life, I actually went back to school and got a finance degree. Um, I remembered for this, uh, you know, uh, this business development role I had in manufacturing where I worked with this controller and him and I were super close. Right. And, um, and I was thinking about going back to school and I was like, hey, you know, do I go for marketing? Or, you know, I'm good with numbers. Should I do like a finance degree? And he goes, Randy, you've already got your, your marketing, you know, degree with your 11 years of sales experience. If you like the numbers, it'll be unique if you're the business development salesperson, but also you have this finance degree, which I went to University of North Texas, just like you. 
And so um, anyway, so that was my next big step in my journey. So lo and behold, I get this degree. I was very driven, right? It was very purposeful, me going back to school. Because number one, I wanted to be able to tell my son, hey, you need to go to school. And then number two, I wanted to better you know, my life and, and, and my career and for the family. And so ended up working in the financial services industry. And that's where, you know, you and I, Manal, we got connected. Right. Right. And I started off as a, as a business systems analyst, um, basically working on different s- solutions and tools, rewrote policies. It was very heavily around like risk and anti-money laundering and sanctions and compliance and, and those types of things. And I loved it. I mean, one thing about my journey that I I've, I've figured out as I've gotten older is I love to learn. I love to learn new things. Um, and so I just found this world fascinating. And then that ended up morphing into more of like a third-party oversight type role where, you know, right. when you're working in these uh, financial uh, services or institutions, oftentimes they rely on like other fintech third parties. Right. And there's these oversight processes. And so that's where I was able to use some of my relationship management, my commercial type, um, you know, communication skills but also packaged with some of the risk and compliance in there, but really come across partnering with folks. So, you know, whenever you do an oversight type scenario, you know, it's really about if you find any type of opportunities, how can we work together and let's find a path forward, you know? Right, right. And then uh, fast forward, I come over to now, you know, uh, who I work with now is a larger FinTech and start off in, in risk and AML and compliance type roles. And then just recently uh, now I just, uh, joined over into the product organization about 10 months wow. ago, where I lead a product organization. Uh, and it's fantastic because now I actually get to build solutions and my teams get to build solutions for things I wished I had when I had these oversight responsibilities That's in the past. Awesome. So, yeah. so to be able to connect all these together, it's, it's really like, I love it. I kind of pitch myself every day when I wake up. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about me. And if I had to do it all over again, Manal, I would do it the exact same way because I really feel like I had to learn, you know, through different types of work practices and different types of industries. And just being able to communicate to me is probably a big differentiator for me is that, you know, if you can take a complicated topic and simplify it, you know, to where you can explain it to someone at the 30,000 foot level or at the 5,000 foot level or 100 feet level, um, you're going to get so much more done, which leads to more decision making. And then the team's going to feel more success. Um, so that's kind of, um, you know, a little bit about me. I, I love that. I love a few things. One, I think you're being a little humble because what people didn't hear is that you shifted industries and did a complete sort of 180, right? Or 360, actually. Um, it at, and, and you didn't follow that normal path at, as, at a younger age. And so you went back to school but then you shifted from like retail, uh, was it health and health supplements and personal training and, and all that, like, like that industry, right? That retail industry. And you shifted completely to financial services. And I will tell you, when I first met you, 
I thought, first of all, you, the, I have never met anybody that loves risk as much as you. The fact that you had passion about it made me trust you. I was like, oh, well, you know what? I need Randy uh, to help me on this, uh, partner with me on this project. <laughs> and then what I also love is that this really brings to light why diversity in thought and backgrounds matters. Because generally, you know, you don't have... Uh, in a in a traditional path, people who are very in much into like third party oversight and risk and so forth, the biggest challenge is being able to take sort of that legality and the regulations and the complex jargon and really help yep. sort of close the gap with um, the people that are out there every day, the sales teams, the product developers, and the ability to communicate that end to end. I mean, really set you apart. And I think that's why diverse hires matter. And you sort of, you know, fit that very well and an example of that. And I know you probably don't see it that way, but as a third party and somebody from the outside looking in, that's exactly what you brought to the table. And I feel like that's such a big lesson, right? Like, what do you think? No, well, I appreciate that. And thank you so much. Um, I do agree. I think that you know, because of my previous experiences, it did allow me to kind of go in with a different approach, a different angle, right? It's very much my, my brain very much works in the fact of, you know, how do we move this forward? We're here today. How do we move this here, you know, forward tomorrow? Um, and that's whether, you know, you're in a commercial type of environment, maybe if you're working like in a risk compliance environment, Maybe there's like certain new regulations or requirements coming out. So you're trying to figure out how do you move, you know, forward on that to address those. Um, if you're working in a product environment, you're trying to figure out, you know, what's the market problem, right? You're trying to solve for. Do you have product market fit? Um, and then, you know, what do you, what's the addressable market you're trying to go after? But it's always about how do you move it forward? And the truth is, is you can't do that by yourself. Right. You got to work with your functional partners. Um, you got to work with your teams. And then that's where I, I feel like what's so important is how do you create uh, an ecosystem within the team that feels um, not only like empathy, but also too that they can feel trusted and empowered. Um, you know, like it's OK to make mistakes. Right. As long as you can pick yourself back up and learn from it and keep moving forward, you know, make mistakes. That's OK. Right. In fact, that's the best learning opportunities that you can you can have is by doing that. And then also to the other piece for me, that's really important. It's um, it's, you know, how do you create a leadership type of uh, environment for your team where they don't work for you? You actually work for them. So in other words, I work for my team. Right. And every day my job is to remove obstacles and distractions. And that way they can focus on what they need to focus on to keep moving forward. Right. And, um, and so to me, that's kind of, you know, my dynamic, I would say, whether I'm dealing with a customer, whether I'm dealing with like a teammate or maybe just a general problem and maybe, you know, in general is how do we keep moving forward? And a big part of that is communication and just getting people to feel like they're part of something special and we can make change, right? We really can. Right. So, you know, on that point, especially in today's environment, because we've been going through a lot of change from a macro, I would say, perspective in the financial services industry. Maybe all of us that grew up in that industry were used to a lot of micro um, changes as well. <laughs> and oh, now yeah. we're sort of oh, in yeah. a 
And now we're in a very pivotal, and you're sort of in that pivot. So we're in this pivotal, I would say, sort of mentality about new age finance, which is now fintech versus traditional, you know, financial services. And you're in the forefront sort of making these disruptive and evolutionary sort of changes. So tell us a little bit how as a leader, and you sort of spoke on this, but I want you to dive into it because you are such a great motivational leader. How do you keep your team with you? Because you have very high loyalty with people that work for you. I've seen it throughout your career and people that have come to me after they've worked with you. They're like, you know, I really loved Randy. I'm like, oh man, he set the bar really high. <laughs> so kind of share, share with us, you know, your, your leadership style, why you feel it keeps your employees motivated and how you're able to influence them throughout all these drastic changes because it's a lot of change and it's a lot of macro pressure at a very extensive level right i mean right now you're dealing with um you know this this sort of global inflation we had the pandemic that just happened political unrest like everything impacts your business especially from a regulatory anti-money laundering cybersecurity. i mean all that stuff so how do you how do yep. you do it? Like how do you keep your teams motivated? And and today it's such so important with the mass exodus and re- resignation. How how tell us sure. how? I know leaders want to hear this. Sure, I, I think it's you know some of the things I just mentioned earlier, which is creating an ecosystem where you can you know have your teams feel empowered and that they're protected. Right. right. I really feel like those are very two important components of it. And then the other piece that I really focus on a lot is around just your ability to constantly learn and apply new concepts and things, right? So whether you're using, um, you know, someone like the LinkedIn Learning, for example, or maybe some other tools that are out there today, um, you know, learning about how can you be a better communicator, right? Um, how can you might be a more effective at time management? Uh, how do you do a commu- uh, an executive presence, right, for, for communication? Yep. And also, too, it's about learning new areas that are out there. As we know, in the, in the fintech space, there's always new and emerging verticals that are coming out there. And so what I would do um, from time to time is have my teams actually do kind of like a lunch and learn or like kind of like a knowledge share, so to speak. Yeah, right. And then if there's a specific topic that they're really focused on, they're like the expert in our group on then, hey, how about um, you present it to us over the next couple of weeks, right? And we can learn and ask questions. But they feel like they're contributing to something. They feel like you know, it's, it's them that's helping move the ball, so to speak. And I love it, you know. And it actually, that specific um, meeting was with my old risk team that I had in the past. Uh, and it was someone on the team that came up and said, hey, I think we should have this. I'm like, how about if you go lead it? Because I think that's a phenomenal idea. I love that. And to this day... They still do that meeting and I still get it. I still get, um, you know, the meeting invites for it. Aww. And when my calendar's free, I'll still, you know, join it. But I just love the fact that, you know, it happens every few weeks. And then, you know, one time it's going to be you, Manal, and you're going to talk about the topic of X, Y, and Z. And then two, three weeks later, it's me talking about something else. But you can tell people have a passion for this. So, again, it's how do you create an ecosystem where people feel empowered that they're truly contributing to something and they're making a change, right? They're making an impact to something for the better. If you do that and you create it to where your teammates feel like they have the opportunity to learn, 
and grow, and it's okay to make mistakes, watch out world, you're going to accomplish some great things because you're going to create something versus the opposite is I'm scared to do something. I'm scared I'm going to fail and I got to be perfect. And guess what? Nobody's perfect. Right. right? And so it's, it's just very new and you create this cohesiveness that becomes a very protective uh, team and they very much look out for one another. Um, and that's something that that's what gets me excited. Like that's what every day when I wake up in the morning, I do a couple things. At first, I say I'm grateful for what I have. Number two, I tell myself literally, today is going to be a great day. Like I literally, I, I feel like if you say that first thing in the morning, you believe it. And then, you know, just being able to see other teams, teammates, you know, being able to help uplift one another, right? Because sometimes I'm going to fail myself. Right. And then when you have a teammate come in behind to help you, you know, it's a very, um, it's very satisfying, right, to to do that. And then guess what? That multiplies, right? right. Now they're doing it with their teams because I've seen people that I were on my team in the past where now they are leading their own teams. Right. And some of these are global. And, you know, especially during the pandemic, we weren't traveling that much at all. And to make connections, you know, over video conferencing is a little more challenging. But I tell you, you know, the teams that I've been a part of been very special and um you know they we've all practiced that philosophy so that that's awesome and there's so many great great features to take out of there and i think and you know we i just talked about that in in a previous podcast but bringing in and really understanding that human aspect of what keeps us motivated and that engagement is so important i mean because we all want to yep. be part of something bigger we all want to make an impact right like we're here there, there's a reason we're here and it's a greater impact than just following the grind day to day. And, you know, I feel like us who kind of did the grind learned that lesson <laughs> the hard Absolutely. way. You know? so it's, it's nice that you're, you're bringing a fresh perspective and really bringing all that engagement and, and really driving the why behind the future um, with your teams. It's, it's very admirable. So thank you. That's great. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. And just one thing I want to add, uh, just got, just thought about this, is a big part of being able to do that too is being able to understand, you know, where your team or where a specific person contributes to the overall vision. And I like to use the uh, analogy of, you know, if you work on a conveyor belt, right, let's say we're making a car, right? And there's a person that's putting the steering wheel on, right? That's my one job. I put the steering wheel on. The other person puts on a wheel. The other person puts on the gas and brake pedals, right? But we don't really know what we're making, right? Because we're not at the end assembly line. But if we understood, like, what kind of car we're making, what kind of color it is, right? Like, what's, you know, is it a sports car? Is it a utility vehicle? Whatever the case is. We're going to probably put more into it because we understand what right. we're actually helping build and what we're driving, and I feel like that applies no matter what type of organization or company you work in. If if that individual or that team understands that this is why my role is so important and this is why I can make such a big impact, you will see more output, more productivity with them. You'll probably see better morale within the within the organization. And then at the end of the day, you're going to foster this environment that's going to be so collaborative and very like nurturing and helping one another. And that's where teams win, right? Because right. where teams don't win is that they don't have that and there's breakdown and, you know, people are jealous or people are just maybe there's, you know, 
they're trying to, you know, go, you know, go out for one another, right on different areas or trying to outdo one another versus, hey, let's work together, right? right? Let's see what we can bring together. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And I, and I very much believe that. Right. I love it. So in, you know, you mentioned this a little bit, you touched on this, but in your career, you know, you have built very strong relationships um, and you've created opportunities for partnerships and strategic partnerships, you know, to drive either certain initiatives. Look, the initiatives that you drove sometimes weren't the most, um, I would say, sought after because you're like, okay, reg XXX came down and everybody has to adhere to this. So, some, you know, it's not like shiny and fun sometimes, right? But it's, it's a necessity, especially in our digital age. So, you know, kind of help us with, you know, the lessons and the best practice of how strategic partners played a role in your career and why it was so important um, for you or how you approach it. Sure. Okay. That's a great question. Um, I'm very much, you know, oftentimes when you're working in organizations, you're, you're, you're working with functional partners quite a bit, right? So whether you're working with maybe commercial teams, you're working with go-to-market folks, legal, compliance, whatever the case is. And oftentimes, if something doesn't, you know, go right, it could be because there's a breakdown in communication between those different areas, okay? Maybe there's SLAs, maybe you're missing timelines, right? Maybe the whatever the end piece that you're trying to do is, maybe it's not exactly meeting expectations that you had initially. And so that's where I feel like it's important to make sure that you include these different folks as like stakeholders as part of your process. And they can actually contribute to what, you know, what is the direction? What is the vision that we're trying to go to um, versus having them, you know, reviewing it later and then chiming in, right? If you make teammates and other areas a part of the process from the beginning, then you're, you're, you're inviting true co- you know, collaboration with folks. And then usually the end product you have is going to be so much better. And you'll find out, too, there's less friction, there's less, you know, back and forth, things right. like that. And then at the end of the day, everybody feels like they're contributing into something that's bigger than them. And then usually you'll, you'll drive a better solution, right, whatever that might be. So that's how I've kind of approached it, is uh, whether I'm doing an update to like a policy document, whether maybe it's some type of new, you know, technology, whatever it is, is really making sure that you include these groups from the get-go. Um, and then usually you'll, you'll have a much satisfying result from that. And to be fair too, a lot of times they'll be like, you know, Hey Randy, have you thought about X, Y, and Z? Right. Oh, thank goodness you've done that. At least I find out now versus three or six months from now. And now we just, you know, maybe we can pivot slightly to address that, that potential concern. Yeah, no, that's, that's so important. Um, I actually, it's a good pivot actually into, you know, force multipliers because strong force multipliers that's what they do for their leaders is they bring sort of that that unified cohesion and help disseminate, you know, that one vision, that ultimate North Star and really keep because everybody is really focused in their sort of rail that they're on. And mm-hmm. and that's just the way it is. Right. You're dealing with clients, you're dealing with product breaks, you're dealing with like back end technology. And so so for somebody to step back and really help bring sort of all of it together back to what the ultimate goal is, is not that easy. And I know, I know you have had this experience in the past. And as you're looking for, 
you know, your next force multiplier. Can you share, you know, how a force multiplier has impacted you as a leader in the past and what do you look for in strong force multipliers? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Good question. Um, I've definitely worked with quite a few in the past, um, also including yourself, Manal. But um, I would say that, you know, to me, the force multiplier, they are very much the, the backbone, right? Of whatever team or organization you belong to. Um, and it goes beyond, you know, scheduling and then trying to do, um, you know, assisting whoever that leader is. It is very much being able to understand, you know, all the different players which, within an organization, um, understand some of the different functional partners that can really help move things forward. And it is someone that can literally make or break a team, in my opinion. And so usually if you have a strong one, right, not only is the communication skills a really, really important piece, but also to uh, the empathy, obviously, is, is very, very important. Organization is very, very, the skills for organization is very important. Um, but I think the biggest piece is, is that inside willingness, you know, the drive, right, to make change. Right. The, the, the knowing that they believe them, in themselves to make that change. Right. That is so important, right? Because before you get anybody else to believe in you, you got to believe in yourself first. And that goes for even these force multipliers because they are empowered, right? They can make some of the big changes. Um, and oftentimes they can help an organization become better and get to a goal quicker because of that. So that's what I've seen. Um, and in terms of, you know, what I like to see in a force multiplier myself is, you know, number one, you know, do they stand for good principles, right? With whatever they're trying to drive for success. Um, do they have the ability to not get distracted from the noise? You know, we're, we're, there's so many um, things that can distract us during the day. Right. And so being able to hyper-focus on what is the task at hand and how do we move this forward, that is super important. Uh, and then, of course, just being able to, um, you know, collaborate, whether it's with internal teammates, whether it's with functional partners, and really drive to a solution. If you can do those three things, it's going to be amazing what you can accomplish. I love it. I love it. So, Randy, you're so knowledgeable. You, every time I talk to you, there's like, we talk about something new, um, something you've listened to, something you've read, a new hobby you're taking on. Kind of share that other side of you that people don't see. Like, how how does Randy become, you know, the Randy Mills? Well, thank you. I'm very flattered. Um, so I think one is is the constant wanting to, like, learn and grow. As I've gotten older... I realize what makes me happy, okay, as a, as a person, as an individual. And a big part of that is if I feel like I'm learning new things and I'm like, that gets me excited. So I think what you're referring to, Manal, is like during the pandemic, for example, um, I used to travel quite a bit for work. And then all of a sudden with the pandemic, I, hadn't, I didn't travel. And so I've been, you know, big into photography as a hobby for the past 10 years um, done a couple local shows, like small stuff. And then, um, during the pandemic, I started getting into like, you know, videography, started getting to the drone, got my drone certification because oh. I was bored and also got into, um, some music production too. Yeah. I didn't there even is, know yeah, that. to do stuff, uh, there is. And so, um, you know, it's these types of things where, you know, oftentimes, and even my wife, she's been super supportive of this stuff. And she's actually 
you know, she's proud of me because of my wanting to like learn and grow and, 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 and do new things. Um, but yeah, I mean, so now, you know, that actually relaxes me is getting into it. And like, I get to create something, Right. but again, it kind of goes back to, you know, what I mentioned earlier about, you know, building teams and, you know, building teams that make impact is, you know, if you feel like you're creating something, you feel like you're doing something that's making an impact in the world, right. Or you're, you're moving something forward. And when you're doing, you know, some photo editing and I take a lot of portraits of the kids and, 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 and my wife and the family and all that. Um, but if you, you know, if you're doing that and you're actually doing the editing or I make some of these videos, right. Whether I'm going to a, a Halloween hayride, for example, right. And we're setting up pumpkins or we're doing like a Christmas video. Cybersecurity um, Halloween hayrides. <laughs> it's, it, it's like, you know, it's, um, it's just, it's fun to me. And then you see that final product where there's like the music, you're cutting the scenes and all that. Right. And that's like my outlet, but you know, and my wife's happy because we got all these great videos of the family, uh, from doing that. But you know, yeah, so I'm for me, that's my, what husband, your phone number. So you can, you know, give some uh, lessons, some tutorials. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds great. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, so I would say that's, you know, what's a little bit different about me and what really gets me, um, you know, really gets me excited to be honest with you, but it also, I really believe this and I didn't figure this out initially. This just came right. up, you know, by accident, but I feel like it works a different part of your brain. Because, you know, I worked in this, uh, this risk and anti money laundering, you know, world for so long, which is very much, you know, according to regulation XYZ, section yeah. four dash B, right? And you're trying to help people understand yeah. that. And very structured, you get this like, creative side. But then what it helps you with, and I really believe this is that it helps you tackle complex problems, because you're looking at things differently. So for example, if I'm working on a, on a photograph and I'm trying to figure out, well, how do I change like the saturation? How do I change some of the colors, right? The hue, the luminance, all that. You know, I'm looking at how can I make this picture? Maybe the composition's good, but how can I make the end product better, right? And then you can see a difference from, from the first, the beginning to the, to the last piece of it. But it's the same thing with, with work. You know, if you're dealing with an operational issue where maybe the workflow has some optimization, Maybe there's something new coming down that's going to create a lot of, um, you know, heartburn or friction, for example. So how do you minimize that friction? You're still using these same type of like muscles in your brain that say, okay, here's what the current state is. How do I get to this future state? And uh, to me, that's what I find fascinating, to be honest right. with you, is uh, how does the, the mind work and how do you, you know, yeah, how can sure. you get yourself there? How can yeah. you get teams there? I actually, um, on this week's Mondays with Manal, I, I mentioned an article that I read in Harvard Business Review that spoke exactly about that, that we believe that to be a creative and society sort of has recently also created this label of creatives versus non-creatives. But it talks about mm -hmm. how as we become adults, we lose sort of the that creative side because we are in this, you know, we when we're children, we're all a lot more creative because we don't have this fear or this notion of, you know, judgment or will I fail or what will other people think, right? Or there's, there's so much that as we get older, we have responsibilities and accountabilities and, and we kind of structure ourselves in a very timely manner. Um, and we, that, that, that over structure kind of creates sort of that loss of that creativity and a part of your mind that actually plays such a big impact in, like you said, 
decision making, product development, um, how you manage and lead, uh, how you maybe have inner satisfaction. Because when we also live mm-hmm. in a very structured, mundane world, we also end up, you know, that's why burnout happens, right? And that's why we lose our mojo and we have midlife crises. And <laughs> um, and so, and, and I'm sure we've learned this lesson after having our midlife crisis, but so it's easier to talk right, about exactly. Um, so share, share with us because it's not always an easy path. Do, is there a moment in your life or you just were down and things just, there was no silver lining? How did you get out of that? And what advice would you give others that are maybe are in that mode right now? Sure. I really do believe, um, and this is a, like a cliche statement that you've probably, people have heard before, but you know, what happens in your life, right, is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Right. I very much believe that. Um, and I didn't, well, you I wasn't born at that with time. that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I, at a time. But as I get older, um, and I've been through a lot of situations where I've been told that I'm going to fail. I've been yeah. told that I'm not going to be successful. I've been told, what are you thinking, Randy? You had this good thing going over here. You know, what are you trying to do now, you know, doing this other area? Um, and the truth is, is that it's got to feed your soul. Like if you if, if you feel like and you touched on this earlier, but as long as I feel like I'm learning and I'm growing and I can make an impact. Right. And I can help motivate, inspire. Right. And lead and and see other people take those same principles and then do that themselves with others. That is like the most satisfying thing, in my opinion. And so for me, that's where, that's kind of the direction I think about and I go to on a daily basis. Um, And that's what gets me really excited, to be fair. So if you do that, if you do things that you like, that get you excited, well, guess what? You're going to keep doing them. Right. right? And um, so. And you got to keep trying new things to know what it is. Sometimes it's okay to not know. And I think that's, that's where we sort of, you know, lose that. I, I know in my career, and I, I know you did too, so I feel like this is going to be a great lesson for a lot. But you made a lot of changes, whether it be the industry you're in, whether it be the type of role that you were going for. I did the same thing. I talk about this all the time, the importance of making lateral moves. It's not always about staying in one industry, one um, maybe line of business, and then getting promoted within there. The mm-hmm. advancement of your mind and the transformation of thyself when you do shift drastically what you're working on, how you think about things and industries and roles, it makes you who you are, right? Like you, you, you did the same thing, sales, marketing, finance, uh, product development, risk. Um, I was, you know, I also was like super finance to strategy, to sales, to marketing, to I was in product at one point. Um, and, you know, like it really creates this, just different sort of mindset and almost creates intrapreneurs within corporations, right? So kind of share with us how how you benefited from it and why others should think about things like that. Sure. No, that's great. Um, you're right. I mean, being able to go into these different parts of an organization or experiences, right? You think about whether you're dealing with customers directly, right? Or maybe you're more behind the scenes, like maybe more administrative type role, operations behind the scenes, it really gives you an overall perspective in terms of what is your current role 
and what impact can you make? So kind of back to my conveyor belt, you know, car methodology. If I used to do the driver's light or the, the steering wheel, and now I'm the person working on putting on the wheels, and then two years from now, I'm the person putting on the gas and the brake pedals. I'm going to remember, oh, you know what? I might need to put these pedals on a different way, or maybe I should think about, let me put these bolts over here for the steering wheel. You can think about it more holistically. And then guess right. what? The customer experience is probably going to be a little bit better because you have that that understanding. But yeah, but you know, so being able to understand that, right? Like you think about, and this goes back to our earlier discussion, which is you get breakdowns between functional partners, right? And so if you have people like you and myself that we've been a part of these different organizations in the past, oftentimes it can be us, us that can be the catalyst for change and help drive to a sooner you know, goal or result right. because we can break down those barriers, right? Those maybe fractured, siloed you know, type operations and say, hey, listen, so-and-so, I know why you're asking this because you're looking to achieve X, Y, and Z, but let me help explain what I've experienced over here, right? And then as long as they can understand that rationale, then you might have a, path, a better path forward. And that's where I feel like, again, the communication, um, you know, before anyone's going to listen to you, you got to listen to their mission first too, right? You got to be able to understand where they're coming from. You can't just say, you need to do it my way or else. So that's where the communication, right? The the partnering skills really come in. Yeah, no, I love it. Thank you so much. That's that's just such great advice. So tell us, you've, you've been on this journey and you're you're doing new things and you're in touch with your creative side and and all everything that you've got done in your journey here. So what's what's next for Mr. Randy Mills? You know, I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I'm very go with the flow, so to speak. Um, I'm very much about the lear learning and the growing. Yeah. Um, really enjoying, you know, product, um, just the concepts, the fundamentals behind it, everything from ideation to, um, you know, developing go-to-market strategies, to working with development, to launching, like, it, I find that world fascinating to yes. me. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's how can I make a bigger impact within the organization? How can I make a bigger impact, you know, for the people I work with and the company I work for? Um, that's what I'm hoping to achieve, right, over the next three, five, ten years. I've gone from this sales to a risk AML, you know, background to now I'm in product. Who knows where it's going to take me? Yeah. As long as I can actually, you know, continue to help make progress. Um, you know, one thing I've noticed, there's a commonality, Manal, between uh, teams, right? Just people in general. You know, I've led sales teams and, and the risk teams and the product teams. And people want to feel like they're part of something special. They want to feel like, that they're part of something that's going to make a real impact out there in the world, right? Whatever it is. And they want to be able to learn. They want to be able to grow. They want to be able to make mistakes and it's okay. As long as you can, you know, pick up the pieces and keep moving forward from it. Those are all commonalities there. And so for me, I know being in my product role now, I'm learning new things every single day, 10 times a day. Um, and I love it. And then that's going to shape my brain a little differently. And then in the next three or five years, we'll see what the next steps are. But for right now, I'm super happy. And at the end of the day, it's 
you know, how can we build teams to do something fantastic together? I love it. So with all this knowledge and, uh, you know, broadening of your mind, would you mind sharing with us who are some of your favorites? What do you listen to? What are you reading? Is there something we should be picking sure. up? What is some of your, what are some of your faves here? Well, Jay Shetty, Think Like a Monk. I know, you know, we chatted about that before. That's a, that's a big, um, I'm a big fan of that. So it's very much around how do you go from a, a monkey mind to a monk mind? How do you go from being reactionary to being proactive, right? right. Reducing the noise, all that. Um, exactly, exactly. And then there's another one by Simon Sinek. He's had a couple books, like why? Um, one I really like is called Leaders Eat Last. And just like the title sounds, it's about, you know, it's very much about that servant leadership right. and, you know, making sure that your your teammates are taken care of before you, right? It's a very powerful thing. And it goes back to, um, you know, being able to remove obstacles, remove noise, right, from their work so they can focus on what they need to do. It actually comes from a principle um, from, like, the Marines. I was watching this thing on Simon Sinek a few months back on how he came up with the title. And because... They say officers eat last. So in other words, it's their their team, right? Their troops that actually eat first and the officers will eat last. Wow. And then what happens is, right, it creates this, this ecosystem, right, where there's so much tremendous amount of respect. But at the same time, they will do whatever it is for their leader because they know, right, that they're being taken care of. And so it's a fantastic book. Um, I've probably read that thing about three or four times and I've actually been reading it again over the past couple of weeks. Um, you can see I have a bunch of books behind me. A lot of it's around, not a lot around product management, more so these days, but very much around mindfulness, right? Um, how do you overcome, um, you know, complicating or challenging scenarios? Because I do feel like your brain is a muscle that you have to exercise. Yep. And as long as you feel prepared, right, you're oftentimes going to make better decisions because right. you're going to be in a less stressed out state, so to speak, right? And right. uh so it's just about education and you're empowering yourselves. So this way you can empower others later. Yeah, no, I love it. Actually, I just watched a Simon Sinek uh, episode yesterday on LinkedIn that he posted. Um, and he talks about this title of a person called the leadership buddy, because he said leaders need sort of this. And, and Simon, if you're listening to this, if you hear this somewhere, this leadership buddy is exactly what you're explaining that we explain as a force multiplier, a founder and force multiplier. <laughs> but it was a great, it was a great, um, it was a great sort of speech about how leaders at times do also feel a bit separated and lonely. And as they're, you know, whether they're managing or, or leading a new initiative, making transformation, dealing with change. You, they sort of forget their own self, right? And he's like, it's important to have mm -hmm. sort of a right-hand partner to bring that back because a leader needs to be as motivated to be motivated for the team so the team can be motivated and change can happen collectively, right? And and we sort of miss, I feel like we really, the pandemic has really helped us bring back our human side. Like we're not robots, you know, and we forget. Mm -hmm. We forget that, sure, there are moments where we, you know, put on our, you know, kind of have rigor and keep everything in the back and don't really focus on the things that are bothering us. But they will always come back if you let if you don't address them or you don't live in the present or 
you know, try to let go or like you said, you know, in Jay Shetty's book and, and in just Buddhist philosophy altogether, just really understanding that the past has happened in the past and how do you fall forward and the, the art mm -hmm. of not holding grudges and letting go and really that's hard. I mean, human, <laughs> that's probably one of the hardest. I know it's easier said than done, but it's really hard. But freeing yourself from that mm -hmm. allows you to create the space to think about how to grow and continue to evolve in the future, which is something that we often miss and have to learn on our own. So thanks, thanks for sharing. And these are some great leaders that help us sort of remember that kind of stuff. You, well, thank you. And you, you bring up a great point, which is, you know, to me, I equate that to like cross mentorship, right? Or cross mentoring. Yeah. Um, where, you know, there's been some significant leaders in my life I've worked with that I still stay close to today. And, you know, you know, some of them too. And, um, you know, it's, they have really built the, the foundation for what I believe in. Right. And it's, uh, I would say they probably make up about 80, 85% of, of what I stand for today, but they didn't just tell me about it. They actually displayed it. They showed me right firsthand. And when you have someone tell you, um, I'll never be mad at you for making a bad decision. I'll only be mad at you if you can't make a decision. That's a very empowering statement in itself. Right? Very. And wow. so when you have leaders like this that coach you and will talk to you and really care for you, right? Um, it naturally, not only do you learn from it and you become a better person yourself, but you want to help others too, right? And it's uh, so it's times like that where you just think about your journey, right? Sometimes you're going to, take a step back, something's going to happen, you're going to trip and fall. But if you look at where you're at today versus where were you at five or 10 years ago, right? In terms of like your knowledge, what you've learned, your understanding of the world, right? The dynamic of, you know, relationship building, um, you know, you're oftentimes going to be proud of that. That's awesome. So Randy, I mean, we could talk for hours because it's just so much great content. <laughs> To pick out. Um, is there a, is there a limit to a podcast? What's the there's longest no limit. podcast? There's no limit to a podcast. Um, I'm there joking. are podcasters that um, put out a four to five hour podcast as well, and they d dive into deep, deep topics. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I know. We'll I save know. that for the next one. <laughs> I know, right? I know. <laughs> um, are there any any closing parting uh, words, advice that you have for us? Um, I think it's, you know, believe in yourself first, because before you get anyone else to believe in you, you got to believe in yourself first. Know it's okay to make mistakes. Uh, you got to pick yourself back up and keep moving forward. You know, fail often, fail frequently, but learn from it. Okay. And I just want to end on, I'm super happy for you, Manal, being in this role that you're in now. Um, you've always been super high energy. You've always been super thoughtful with some of your teammates as well, which, you know, we, we stay close with. And I'm um, just really glad that you have this platform to make such a big impact and really excited to see where you're going to take this. So thank you. Very happy thank for you. you. Aw, thank you. I appreciate that so much. And for those who don't know, I came from a very sort of structured corporate setting most of my career and took a leap of faith about a year ago to do new things and follow my passions. And so, you know, um, I do miss, I have to admit, I do miss sometimes, you know, the 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 corporate world I, I didn't think i would say this but you know just everybody that you work with your functional partners the ability to have large teams to create change you know the things that you have to go and be scrappy and go find in a startup that you sort of had 
Um, I sort of, I, I, I feel like now I am grateful for that experience and I am grateful for the people who I came across and things that I don't know about, like, you know, technology and backend platforms and just remembering mm -hmm. words from leaders when we were working on products and there were complex technology products and sitting in the same room, like those words are coming back to me like, oh man, remember when our CTO said this, we should apply X. And um, you don't realize that every path in your life has a reason and your experiences create your journey. And you taught us that today. I'm going through that today. And this has been a great discussion. Thank you so much, Randy, for being here. Well, thank you for having me, Manal, and all the success to you guys. And looking forward to some of your future content coming out. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. If you love the show, please leave us a review. It really helps us get the podcast out to the leaders and force multipliers who need it. As you know, we love to share in experiences and grow together. If you are interested in coming on to our podcast or have a guest referral, please email us at info at founderandforcemultiplier.com and all the information to reach us is linked below in the show notes. Thank you again and see you next week.